You are welcome to a great moment in destiny. God is about to speak directly to you and the message coming right up is crafted by heaven not just to challenge you but to align your destiny. As you embrace divine instruction, expect that God's word is bringing about revival, healing, restoration and transformation to your entire life. With faith in your heart and great expectation, join me and receive God's word through his choice vessel, Apostle Goodheart Obi Ekwene. James 5, 16, 17, 18 and 1 John 5, 14, 15. James 5, let's be together as a family. James 5, 16 to 18, 1 to 3, go. Confess your faults one to another. I want to hear you and pray one for another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Elijah was a man subject to like passions as we are. And he prayed earnestly that it might not rain. And it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. First John 5, 14 to 15. And this is the confidence that we have in him. But if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he hear us, Whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desire of him. Somebody declare, God has heard me, and God has answered me. An assignment, praying with the results in mind, part number two. Praying with the results in mind, part number two. Our Father and our God, it is a tremendous joy to gather again under this open heavens. We sense you so strong in the atmosphere. We believe that you are here. For you said when two or three are gathered in your name, that you are in the midst. Take a call of fire again and place upon the ark of the lips of the son of yours. That I will speak expressly your counsel, your word for such a time as this. We ask always to give you alone the praise, the glory, the honor. In Jesus' wondrous name we pray. Somebody shout a big amen. You may please be standing in God's wonderful presence. Hallelujah. Beloved, it is worthy of mention that our God is a prayer hearing God and a prayer answering God. We must not engage in prayer with a sense of hit and miss preposition as though we are gambling. Sometimes it will work, other times it will not work. But we must, as believers at least, engage the business of prayer with a sense of assurance and confidence that we serve a God who hears and a God who at the same time answers our prayer. When we have this mindset of praying with the answer in view or with the result in mind, it makes our prayer more effective more delightsome, more joyful, more excited, more adventurous. Because answered prayer today is an added motivation, not the only one, an added motivation to pray again tomorrow. If I do something right today and it works, I'm encouraged, I'm motivated to go at it again. But it all boils down to understanding the rudiments and the dynamics and the principles that need to be engaged for prayers to be answered. Now, many religions pray, and even those who don't believe there's a God, in one way or the other they pray. You can find out that every human being prays in the time of crisis and danger. In a plane that is about to crash, um, everybody will call upon what God they believe. You will hear people shout, exclaim all kinds of things, because at that moment of desperation, you want to latch on to something beyond your capacity and your human understanding. And as such, in a way, that's a kind of prayer. But we're not called to pray that kind of prayer that is neither here nor there. God designed us as his children to commune with him, to communicate with him based on his word taken back from the scriptures from our heart to his own heart. 
So it's a two-way communication, heart to heart. You speak to your father, and for all intent and purposes, your father wants to speak to you as well. Somebody once said that the real power of prayer is not found in what we as believers tell God, but it's found in what God will tell us, whether in response to what we told him or just his word to us. So the real power is being able to receive from God on account of our prayer. No reasonable person will pick up the telephone and dial a number and whilst it's still ringing on the other end, you begin to talk endlessly. You talk for five minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, and then you drop the phone. You heard no voice on the other side, but you spoke for 15 minutes or 20 and dropped the phone. That really is not communication. You only spoke into the air. But real prayer has to do with communion, which is a root word for communication, which means there is an exchange. One person speaks, the other speaks. But my real emphasis today is to look at the rudiments of the principles that guarantee us that when we pray based on scripture, we have the assurance and the confidence that our prayers are not only heard, but they are answered. Now, without understanding this, you will pray, you will exert energy uh, like a man on the treadmill who is running on one spot. Yeah, you are active, you are busy, maybe even sweating, but not really moving in distance. And unfortunately, many believers are praying, especially in this early part of the year when it is customary for the churches to take out the first few days, weeks to consecrate and sanctify the rest of the year. It's principle or it's scriptural. When you give God your first fruit, the rest is blessed. But you see, it is one thing to do that with understanding and the other is to do it religiously because something Christians should do at this season of the year. Ecclesiastes 10.15 I read in the first service just to buttress this issue of understanding and wisdom. It says the labor of the foolish weareth every one of them because he knoweth not how to go to the city. So the foolish is one who is not wise. Alright? So he's busy, he's engaged in all kinds of activities which could include spiritual activities, but with that wisdom aiding the labor, the labor is in vain. The how is wisdom. He doesn't know how to go to the city. So we need to have understanding and have wisdom as to how we should pray based on scripture to guarantee answers from the Lord. Hallelujah. We see again uh, that the disciples of Jesus Christ I believe they saw his ministry. They saw great impact, great miracles, healing signs and wonders in his public ministry. And as they watched and observed for three and a half years, I believe they could trace a whole amount of the power seen in his public ministry to his private prayer life. And so uh, Luke 11 tells us on a certain day in a certain place, uh, Jesus was praying in a certain place when he seized, when he seized, momentarily stopped his prayer. One of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples to pray. So they petitioned Jesus to teach them to pray just as John taught his disciples to pray. In other words, prayer can be taught. Their principles, their dynamics, and their rudiments of prayer. Simple ABC. Number one, we pray primarily to our Father God. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ. We pray by the power of the Holy Ghost. And we pray in faith. And we have a guarantee of our answers again. We pray to the Father God in the name of Jesus Christ, by the power of the Holy Ghost, we pray in faith and we receive answers. Simple dynamics, but there's much more than that. We want to look this hour at some of the other rudiments of prayer. Now, we see something very interesting in the scriptures, that there is one thing which is prayerlessness. That means you're not praying at all. But there's another thing which is equally dangerous or not as profitable, which is praying amiss or not praying rightly, praise God. One is not praying. The other is praying, engaging in prayer, uh, but not praying based on principles. Praise God. 
James 4, 2 and 3 says, You lost and have not. You kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. You fight and war. You have not. Hear this. Hear this. Because you ask not. So number one reason for not receiving, you don't ask. Yeah. Matthew 7, 7. Ask, you receive. Seek, you find. Knock, the door shall be opened. Verse 8 says, he that asketh, receiveth. It's a guarantee. He that seeketh shall find. He that knocketh, the door shall be opened. So one reason for failure to receive what grace has made available in redemption is a failure to ask. So we must ask. As believers, we must ask. Don't say, but he knows my mind. He knows my desire. No, the principle of prayer is ask and you receive. Seek, you'll find, knock, the door shall be opened. But we'll see again that and you ask. So you're asking, right? And receive not because you ask amiss. You don't hit the target. So there are prayers, perhaps you prayed a fourth time, you really ask, you are sweating, huffing, puffing, but you know, because you are not hitting the target or engaging the principles of prayer, you are not quite sure whether you got the, whether the prayer was heard or even answered at all. And you waited long enough, no result, but you are asking. And it can be quite frustrating to pray and pray as we've been praying, but we're praying rightly, you know, but that aside, pray and pray and pray without seeing the result of your prayer. So we must pray with the results in mind. Praise the Lord somebody. Jesus was uh, 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 um, an amazing example or the example of uh, a man who walked the earth who prayed accurately and precisely. He lived a very prayerful life. As you go through the entirety of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you could see him in moments in the place of prayer, whether privately or publicly, certainly an example for us to emulate as regards prayer. And how come it is the disciples ask him, Master, teach us to pray. It's called the Lord's Prayer, but really is a prayer he taught the disciples. That means any disciple anywhere in the world beyond those 12 can utilize those principles taught there. We we'll see them today and engage them and also by that receive answers to their prayers. Hallelujah. Our prayers also can be powerful as powerful as the master taught us, but also people in the scriptures prayed. Abraham, David had a powerful prayer life. Uh, um, uh, Paul had a powerful prayer life. He prayed without season. Uh, uh, Elijah had a powerful prayer life. We saw in our text in James 7 that it was a man of like passion. And he prayed. The heavens were shut for three years and a half. He prayed again. <laughs> so you prayed before, got results, you got to pray again. He prayed again, and the heavens that were shut, they opened over him and opened over the nation. So we can pray, and we can pray again. Hallelujah. The Bible gives us the guarantee of the blessings, or one of the blessings of a righteous man is the blessings of gaining answers in the place of prayer. Yes. One of the blessings... One of the benefits of being a believer, being a righteous man, being born again, is what? To pray and to get results. And to pray and to generate power in the place of prayer. It's your right and your privilege. Praise God. Praise God. Bible declares in Isaiah 5 verse 17 that no weapon formed fashioned against can prosper. Every tongue that rises against in judgment we condemn, right? Every tongue that rises we, we condemn. Praise God. But Paul says, says, says that this is the the heritage. Heritage is inheritance, right? This is the heritage of the righteous, right? That means it's your right. Wow. And your privilege as a child of God to use the name of Jesus to bind and to lose. Jesus said to Simon Peter after he said he is the Lord, uh, the, the Savior, he said, I, I give unto you keys of the kingdom that whatever you bind on the earth is bound in the heavens whatever you lose on the earth is lose in the heavens so likewise also as a blood washed blood bought child of god you have the right to bind here on the earth and to lose here on the earth you have the right also to cast down and to lift up again that's the right and privilege praise god james 5 16 says confess your faults to one another and pray one for another that you may be healed, right? It says the 
effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man. See the word again, righteous? Of a righteous man. Guess what? Availeth much. The amplifier says, makes tremendous power available. Dynamic in its working. Praise God. So this is the inheritance of the right of the believer. Now, the righteous man is not the perfect man. The righteous man is the man who has accepted Jesus into his heart as Lord and Savior. The one who has been cleansed by the blood, who has received the righteousness of God by faith. That's righteous man. So if you're a child of God, blood washed, blood but you are judged and considered as the righteous man. And you have the right to pray, right to be answered, right to pray, and right to release power here on the earth. I mentioned the first service first service a few keys that that are requisite for you to prepare your heart before you engage the business of prayer number one how to prepare your heart before you go into prayer very important number one point very important very important start by building confidence in the prayer answering god you must be assured that god whom you serve does not only answer prayers but is committed to answering prayers. He hears it, he hears it, but he's committed to answering your prayers. So it's a prayer hearing God, it's also a prayer answering God. How, how do I build such confidence? Well, begin to ponder and meditate upon the nature and the character of the God you serve. Your God is a good God. He's a loving Father. He's a kind God. He is committed to being a blessing or blessing his own children. Look at it this way. If the Bible says that he causes rain to fall upon the unjust and the just, I, I mean, causes blessings to come upon the just and the unjust, the sinner and the saint. Now, 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 how much more is he committed to his own children? You see, God is God to everybody. That's right. He is the creator of the heavens and the earth. By that, he is God to everybody. Whether you accept him or not, he is God. But you see, he is not father to everybody. He is only a father to as many as receive him as their own children. John 1, 12 says, as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of the living God. John 3.16 For God so loved the world uh, that whosoever, that's a condition now, whosoever believeth in him will not perish but have everlasting life. But those who don't believe, they're condemned already. So there will be a people who will choose to believe and to receive Jesus. When you do that, something happens. You become a child of God. Listen, there are blessings for servants and there are blessings for children. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is what the, the Syrophoenician woman understood in Matthew 15. She was a Gentile, but she approached Jesus and, and asked the master, Hey, heal my child, heal my daughter. Jesus understood that she was not in the covenant, but she said something. She referred to healing, or rather Jesus referred to healing as the children's bread. <laughs> says, as the children's bread. He said, shall I give you the children's bread when you're not a child? I'm paraphrasing now. But she said something. She said, master, but even the dogs can find the crumbs that fall from the table. <laughs> she was simply saying, yes, I know. I I'm not in the covenant. I may not qualify for the bread as a child, but as a servant, any crumb that falls under the table by virtue of mercy, I can grab it. In other words, I'm not in the covenant, but mercy can extend to me what I'm not qualified to receive. So if mercy can reach out to the unseen with healing, if mercy can reach out to the unseen in pregnancy, in delivery, in breakthroughs, how much more you that are blood washed, blood bought, who have the right and the privilege for the bread on the table. What I'm saying, if you're a child of God, there are certain things that I do you. You've got to ask for it. You've got to ask for it. It's your right as a child of God. Hallelujah. We understand that God has made an open-ended invitation 
to us as believers. James 4, 8. You draw near to me and I will draw near to you. That is an invitation. That's a loving father. He's not withholding anything from you at all. He desires for you to have it. Hebrews 4, 16. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy. <laughs> Where? In the place of prayer. We may obtain mercy and find grace and help in the time of need. So at the throne of grace, in the place of prayer, you have a guarantee. There are three things much more that you can find there. Mercy, grace, and divine help. <laughs> Somebody once said, the mercy of God is that which covers your inadequacies or your errors. Somebody shout, mercy. Mercy will keep you from receiving the judgment that is due you. Somebody shout mercy. But not just that, there's found grace at the place of prayer at the throne room. What is grace? Grace is that which will empower or multiply your little efforts. Your little efforts is amplified and multiplied by the favor or by the grace of God. It will give you what you're not deserving of. Somebody shall favor. Then there's divine help. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I need Ebenezer. Ebenezer means thus far you've helped us. We came here uh, by the help of God this 24th day of January 2021. By the mere help and the mercy and the grace of God. It wasn't by our power, our ability, but he has helped us. But we know he will help us again, even on to our very end. Somebody shout a big amen. You have a guarantee of his help today, but a guarantee of his help tomorrow. Hallelujah. Confidence. That is a prayer hearing God and a prayer answering God. Jeremiah 33 verse 3 says, Call unto me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things that you don't know of. Look at Jeremiah 29, 12 and 13. Just to build and to boost your assurance that God is hearing and God is answering you. Jeremiah 29, 12 and 13. Then shall you call upon me. Rogic, H-O-R-M, GPBA family. When we call upon him. And you shall go and pray unto me and I will hearken unto you. And you shall seek me and find me when you shall search for me with all your heart. Underscore that word, all of your heart. Our God is a heart God. He desires to be pursued not just in our minds only but from our heart. Let there be a heart to heart connection in the place of prayer. Boosting your confidence in prayer. First John 5, 14 and 15 and this is the confidence <laughs> that we have in him that if we ask anything according according to his will he hears us and if we know that he hears us whatever we ask we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him he hears he answers say with me God has heard God has answered God will yet again hear and God will yet again answer. Praise God. So you prepare your heart or prepare number one by building confidence in the prayer here and answering God but also number two you prepare your heart to engage in prayer. Wow. Prayer is a matter of the heart first and foremost. The heart needs to be prepared to be kept free from the clutter that tend to bring about distractions and all the noise. You know, uh, when the Bible says, Be still and know that I am God. Psalm 46 verse 10. Stillness is not only environmental alone. You should be still around you. Shut down the news, the traffic and all of that and go into prayer. So when you pray, enter into your closet, shut the door. Talk to your father in secret. Your father who sees you in secret will answer you publicly, right? But the truth be told is, we also have to learn to be still within us. Yes, yes. Stillness around and stillness within. So in this case of dealing with the heart, we need to learn how to bring the heart to a place of stillness. In a place we can commune with minimal 
distractions around us. So we prepare our heart for prayer. And I said that the words you speak in prayer is as important as your attitude or the state of your heart. Jesus mentioned and said there are people who worship me with their lips. It's called lip service, but their hearts are far from me. We don't want to pray a prayer where our mouth is speaking, but there's no connection between the heart. That's why when you speak to God in prayer, ask yourself, do I really believe what I'm saying? Am I just repeating a prayer point from the prayer leader? Or I really believe what I'm praying? Do I own that prayer point? Is my heart connected? Praise God, somebody. Number three area of preparation is prepare your environment. I inferred to that already. In Luke 11, sorry, uh, Luke 11 verse 1, uh, Jesus asking the disciples to teach them how to pray. He says, when you pray, this is how to pray and show us principle of prayer. We find in Matthew 6, part of what he taught about prayer is the need to enter closet, to enter the quiet place and commune with him and have a guarantee that he will answer us publicly. Matthew 6, 6, that's what I'm quoting from. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy father, which is in secret, and thy father, who seeth in secret, shall reward thee openly. Number four, we prepare our words, our mouth, before we engage. What are we going to say? And I said in the first service that the most effective way actually to pray is simply to take the word of God back to God in prayer. Isaiah 5, 5, 11 says, So shall my word be that goeth out of my mouth. It shall not return. Somebody say return. Oh, come on, say return. Shall not return to me for How does the word return? By you putting the word in your heart, in your mouth, and back to God. It shall not return to me void. That void means without power. So shall my word be that go forth out of my mouth. So really, the pattern is this, or, or the journey is this, from his mouth to my heart, to my mouth, to his ears. You see that now? From his mouth, to my heart, through my ears, of course. Yes, faith comes by hearing. Yeah, to my mouth, to my heart, then through my mouth, back to him. So effective prayer is simply taking God's word back to him. It is is being legislative. Said God is our God. He's our judge and our king. <laughs> he's our God. He's our judge. He's our king. Right. So what what we do as priests? is to take his word back to him and say, God, you said this, I believe it, I receive it. So the more of the promises of God's word you know, right, the, 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 the wider the breadth of prayer points you can take back to him, and the sweeter and the more effective prayer will be. i finish that scripture. Uh, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing where to I sent it. Right, right Isaiah 5, 5, 11. So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void. But it shall accomplish that which I please. And it shall prosper in the thing where to I sent it. God's word will prosper in your mouth as you declare it. Did you hear me? Let me say it again. God's word will prosper in your mouth. As you declare it. Declare with me in the name of Jesus. I believe. I receive. I am who the word says I am. In the name of Jesus. I can do all the word says I can do. In the name of Jesus. I have already everything God's word says I have. I am the healed. I am the strong. I am the bold, I am the victorious, I am the prosperous, I am the blessed of the Lord. Shout a big amen. You have what you said you have based on scripture. God's word always prospers in your mouth. Hallelujah. 
We also need to be cautious what we say when we go before the Lord in the place of prayer. Now, please write this scripture. It will bless you. It will help you. It will also serve as a caution. Ecclesiastes 5, 1 to 2. Suffer not thy mouth to cause thy flesh to sin. Neither say thou before the angel huh, that it was an error. Wherefore, should God be angry at thy voice and destroy the work of thine hands? He says, Suffer not thy mouth to cause thy flesh to sin. Neither say thou before an angel of the angel, it was an error. Wherefore shall God be angry at thy voice, watch your word, and destroy the work of thine hand. One and two says, keep thy foot when thou goest to the house of the Lord, and be more ready to hear than to give the sacrifice of fools. And let not, no, for they consider not, right, that they do evil. Hear this, this is where I'm going, my apologies. Be not rash with thy mouth, and let not thine heart be hasty to utter anything before God, for God is in heaven and thou upon earth. In other words, when we come before the Lord, we must measure our words. It's not a time to complain. It's not a time to release a lamentation. It's a time to present him with the word. Lord, this is what you said. I believe it. My feelings may not be in line with your word, but I don't walk by feelings. I walk by faith. I agree with your word, and I believe it is done in Jesus' name. Bible declares in Numbers 14, 28, talking about the words we speak in prayer. Say unto them, as truly as I live, saith the Lord, as you have spoken in my ears, so will I do to you. Whether right or wrong, whether evil or good, as you've spoken to my ears, so I will do to you. Number five, preparation for prayer. We need to avoid the warnings of Jesus to the Pharisees regarding prayer. There are two primary warnings we want to look at. Number one, the warning of not praying for the purpose to be seen to pray. Matthew 6, 5. And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the street that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they already have their reward. In other words, they are actually praying to be seen. Please listen to me. There's nothing wrong with you being seen when you pray. But there's everything wrong with you praying to be seen. Right? So you're not hiding prayer. You're not ashamed of God. Well, I can't pray in public. They will know that I'm a Christian. I can't pray on the plane. Ah, no, 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 no. I can't bow my head to pray over, over my meal. No, 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 no. No. There's nothing wrong with you praying and you're seen being praying. Uh, praying. Daniel prayed. It was public. Then he was a man of prayer. Praise God. He faced Jerusalem and prayed. So it wasn't hiding prayer. But what is wrong is you are praying for the purpose of seeing. You're showing up prayer. You're fasting to impress people. Do you know we're doing 40 days in our church? Oh, we're on 70-day fast. Oh, yeah. We're on 90-day fast. Oh, you 10 days. We are on 90-day fast. Now, now, now. You already have the reward of showing off your fasting and praying. Right? But people may know you're fasting and praying. But primarily, you're not fasting and praying to be seen. Is that correct? Praise the Lord, somebody. Number two thing he warned against prayer is we're not to use vain repetitions in prayer. It's not by being verbose. Right? Matthew 6, 7 to 8 says, But when you pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking be not ye therefore like unto them for your father knoweth what things you have need of 
before you ask him. Praise God. Now again, for emphasis, Jesus never said you're not to repeat particular things in prayer. Because at Gethsemane, literally verbatim, Jesus repeated the same prayer. If this cup will not pass me by, let your will be done. He went again. He went again. So, there's nothing wrong with repeating certain things in prayer. Right? But there's everything wrong in engaging in vain repetitions. It's aimless. It's pointless. It's just to seemingly prolong your time of prayer. You know, so they know, ah, I cleared six hours today. Praise God. So, but th there are instances where you repeat certain things in prayer. You hit it. You go, you go again. You go again. You go again until you know you pray through that prayer point. Is that correct? Pray. So the issue here is a vain repetition. The issue is praying to be seen, to show up prayer, to show your fast, to show your giving. So it says in giving, when you give, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Simply put, give not to be seen. You could be seen giving. But don't give to be seen. You could be seen fasting. Don't fast to be seen. You could be seen praying because you're not ashamed of God. But don't pray to be seen. Praise the Lord somebody. Praise the Lord somebody. Hallelujah. Alright. Praying with the result in mind. For emphasis again, I believe almost everybody engaged in one kind of prayer or the other. But we as believers must distinguish our kind of prayer from any other kind of prayer by praying with the results in the mind. I read again to you here in the Amplified Version, James 5.16, Therefore, confess your faults to one another, your false steps, your offenses, and pray for one another that you may be healed and restored. So there's a place for healing and restoration in the place of prayer. The heart felt and persistent prayer of a righteous man which is a believer right can accomplish much wow your prayer as a saint can accomplish much especially in this final week of our 21 days of birthing wonders in the womb of prayer your prayer my prayer by god's grace will accomplish much somebody shout amen hallelujah when put into action and made effective by God, it is dynamic and can have tremendous power. Hallelujah. If we don't see this kind of power we're praying, or ask yourself, are we praying as the Lord has required us to pray based on principles of prayer? We want to look at the patterns of prayer as itemized by Jesus in Matthew 6, 9 to 13. Remember, this was in response to the disciples' quest for Jesus to teach them how to pray. We find that in Luke 11, we find the same story documented by Matthew in Matthew 6. We want to look at Matthew 6, 9 to 13 or 15. Let's read that very quickly. Matthew 6. We call it the Lord's Prayer, but really it's the disciples' prayer. If it was good for them, it's good for us today. Verse 9 says, After this manner, therefore pray ye, our Father, let's say it together, let's say it together, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. 10. Let's go. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. 11. Give us this day our daily bread, 12, and forgive us our debt as we forgive our debtors, 13. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. 14. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. 15, finally. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Hallelujah. It does seem that somehow the issue of forgiveness is in one way or the other connected to effective prayer. In other words, unforgiveness or 
unwillingness to forgive another their sins will serve as a hindrance to God hearing your prayer and God answering your prayer. So we can't afford to bring unforgiveness when we come to the place of prayer. Jesus teaching about the offering of sacrifice said, when you come to the altar to present a sacrifice before God, if you have any ought, any difference with your brother, it says, you leave the sacrifice on the altar and you go away to make peace with your brother. After you've made peace, you come and then present the sacrifice on the altar. In other words, your lack of forgiveness or your lack of walking in peace will hinder you from offering up an acceptable sacrifice and will hinder you from praying aright. Now, this could be a clue or a key to somebody under the sound of my voice why it is your prayer has not been as effective as it could have been, should have been, ought to be. Is there any area of unforgiveness? Let go and let God. Praise God somebody. Alright, want to look at the prayer. The first thing we see is our Father. Remember, the word here is, is a pattern of prayer. Pattern means method. Pattern means the way. It doesn't mean we're to pray the prayer verbatim. There's some use in that, as we did now, to pray the Lord's Prayer, our Father. But it's beyond that. There is a pattern. There are principles there. So I want to see what are the principles there. First thing says, our Father. Koto Palata. The, the, the prayer that gains hearing before God and attention before God is a prayer that is directed to God the Father. Don't miss the point. I didn't say God alone. God the Father. The word Father in Greek speaks of source. It speaks of a provider, a protector, a sustainer. A father is the source of something. Biologically, my sons come from here, right? But in addition to being a source, a father also is a provider and a sustainer. <laughs> that word father means Abba Father. Abba Father. So we need to approach prayer with a sense of a child coming before a loving father. Not just a servant coming before a master. Beyond that, we must have this sense of knowing that we are approaching our father and our father responds to us when we come to him as a child Jesus teaching the disciples as they try to take children who are coming to him said no 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 leave these children right right because no one can enter the kingdom except they be as one of these little ones in other words they're saying that that the kingdom is for children. People with a childlike heart. Not childish. Childlike heart. Whoa. A childlike heart is somebody who can approach the dad and simply believe the father, quote unquote, is like Superman. The father can provide anything and everything. Your dad can buy you a jet, buy you anything. You know, when a child is small, they think all those toys are real. Daddy, buy me a limousine. Buy me a jet. And they believe daddy has what it takes to buy it. Praise God. See, the point is this. When you approach a person as a child or father, listen, it provokes something within them to rise up in your defense to provide for you. Your God is not just your God. Your God is daddy, Abba, father. And it's not just your father alone. He's our father. Nobody has an exclusive reserve to access to this God. Jesus said that I go away. I go to my father and to your father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He was a father of the only begotten son, but he's also the father of the sons who were begotten after him. Praise God. So he's our Father. He's a loving father. He's a good father. Bible declares in Romans 8.15 For you have not received the spirit of bondage 
again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption. Wow. Whereby we cry what? Abba Father. We cry Abba Father. Hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name. We cry Abba Father. Hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name. Hallowed be Oh, we cry out, Father. Hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name. He's your Father. He wants to be approached as a loving Father. The psalm is declared in Psalm 84, verse 11. I will give sun and shield. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. The Son is a Son, the Lord is a Son and a Shield. You give grace and glory and no good thing. No good thing will you withhold. Your Father is a liberal giver. He's not out to withhold anything good from you. Ephesians 3.20 begins to describe the nature of our loving, exuberant, generous God. The God who gives freely all things to enjoy. Says now unto him that is able to do exceedingly. Look at the words exceedingly, abundantly, above all you can ask, think of, imagine. Guess what? According to the power that is at work within me, that's your God. He's liberal, he's generous, he's exuberant. Whatever he does, he does more than enough. Hallelujah. Father. Lift said, Abba Father, I love you because you first loved me in the name of Jesus. For we have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba Father. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then He is, He is of God. And wow, join He is with Christ. Who am I preaching to? If so be that we suffer with Him, we may also be glorified together. Listen, you're not only an heir of God, it's amazing. Joint is mind boggling. My natural mind cannot comprehend that the Lord will call me a joint here with Jesus. But that's the reality in redemption. Shout yes. Child of God, that's who you are. Access granted. Number two. Who and in heaven. Wow. <laughs> the heavens for your throne. The earth. For your footstool. He's in heaven. He's in heaven means I can't perceive it with my natural eyes. These natural optics cannot see him naturally. So the only way I approach a God who is not on the earth is by faith. By faith. Hebrews 11 verse 6. So we must believe that God is and is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. He that comes to God must believe. Why do you believe he is? I can't see him, I can't touch him, but God is. I believe. So say, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe. He's more real than my friend next to me, more real than my children, my wife, my husband. He's more real. So that I believe. God is. Starting point, you must believe God is. Then you must believe he's a rewarder of those who seek him, those who call upon him. So where's God? He's in heaven. He's in heaven. Who art in heaven? Because he's in heaven, he has all might, all power to supply your needs here on the earth. He is in heaven. Hallelujah. Number three says, Hallowed be your name. The word hallow is to reverence, is to honor, is to separate, to sanctify. That means God is calling for reverence. 
the yes i'm your father you're my child don't ever miss the point there must be a place of reverence and honor and regard first samuel 2 30 wherefore the lord god of israel saith i said indeed that by that that thy house and the house of thy father shall walk before me forever but now the lord said be it far from me for them that honor me i will honor them that honor me i will honor and they that despise me shall be lightly esteemed hallowed be thy name that name is awesome at the mention of the name of jesus bible declares every knee bows every tongue confesses that jesus is lord his name is to be hallowed hallowed reverence and honored hallelujah Number three or four, I'm not sure which one now. Thy kingdom come. Thy kingdom come. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Not that my clothes be met or my needs be met, my food provided for, house rent be paid for, school fees be paid for. As wonderful and as real as these needs may be, God is calling us to put his interest before our needs. Did you hear me? To put his interest before our needs. Wow. If we learn this principle in prayer more than usual, to begin to put his interest more than our needs, our needs will naturally be resolved. So, before the issue of bread, thy kingdom come. What does that mean? Matthew 6 33. Seek first the kingdom of God and what? His righteousness. What's that? His method, his ways of doing it. Yeah. And all these things shall be added unto us. That's one of the core four scriptures that undergird this ministry. Matthew 6 33. The Lord told us, if only you pursue me. I will cause things that men pursue to pursue after you. In other words, as you engage your heart to pray kingdom expanding prayers, the things that really, really touch the heart of God, like soul winning, expanding the kingdom, missions, uh, reaching out to the orphans and the widows and the needy and all that touch the heart of the Father, seeing his glory come upon the face of the earth, guess what? Ah, what is your matter will begin to matter to his heart. This thing shall follow. I challenge those who came for first service. Said, can we examine and re-examine our many prayer points? It may surprise you how most of our prayer points, whether corporately in church or in private, have to do with me, myself, and I. Can we, in this last week, begin to consider more how to pray kingdom expanding prayers you know why we have a guarantee if we do so that our daily bread will be supplied to us since then from the point of the praying kingdom prayers you now pray give us our daily bread hallelujah you see the beauty about this beauty about this is that there is a difference between seed and bread. You see, the truth is that Bible says, the Lord gives seed to the sower and bread to who? To eat up. Fantastic. So, <laughs> it's possible for God to also give you bread beyond the seed. What does that mean? Seed is preparatory for a harvest. It's a foundation for a harvest. You need seed if you have harvest. No doubt about that. Genesis 8.22 says, long as the earth is, heaven and earth abide, seed, time and harvest. Summer, winter, cold, they won't cease. So seed, time and harvest is a part of human existence. Seed, time and harvest. Normal. But you see, when we focus on kingdom priorities 
we engage the first prayer point let your kingdom come your will be done then give us this day our daily bread he gives you not just daily seed he gives you a prepared blessing or a processed blessing because of your involvement and your commitment to kingdom he in his mercy bridges the time you need to go from seed planting and harvest to move you to bread you're so valuable to the kingdom your life is sold out what people call your car is his car what they call your money is his money what they call your house you know is god's house hello somebody you know this this is how you live it's about the king and the kingdom so god said you know what i'm going to do something to you i won't wait to give you seed only i am going to give you bread you know what bread is you will live in houses you've not built yeah. To build a house, you buy land, get contractors, get cement, buy block, get wood, get bathtubs and all kinds of tiles and ceilings. It's the process. It's a normal process. Nothing wrong with that. But, but I believe for those whose hearts are sold out to the kingdom and to the king, guess what? He will give you houses you've not built. You know, the normal way to, to, to drive a car is you save money to buy the car. You know what I'm saying? Save for two years, put aside 100000 per month, then you have $2 million, you go to the car lot, and then you buy the car. That's wonderful. It's a testimony. But guess what? God can touch somebody's heart in Lagos, in Yola, in Afghanistan. Hey, that car is not yours. Send it to my son and my daughter. Boom. That's not seed. That is daily I never saw this before. On account of being kingdom centric, kingdom focused, kingdom minded, he's bringing bread your way. Hallelujah. Rotic, I want to challenge you as I challenge myself in this season. Let's shift the equation more of what is in the heart of the Father, less about our needs momentarily. Oh boy, you know what? You're going to step into zones you wonder, God, I don't know when I asked you for this. I don't know when I prayed for this. You bump into another in February. God, when did I ask you for this? You bump into March. I can't quite remember when I, no, in April. Boom, God, when, you see, he said, God said, when you are busy with my matter, your matter began to matter to me. Oh, God, pick up. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Hey, hey, somebody got a secret this morning. Rise on your feet. My time is fast spent. Can you receive grace for this last week of prayer? Father, grace. Grace to pray now with the result in mind. Pray for one minute quickly. Grace to pray with the result in mind. Forgive me for the areas of prayerlessness. Forgive me for the areas I prayed amiss. Oh, now I know you are a prayer hearing God, a prayer answering God. I will pray with renewed confidence. You don't stop prayers, you hear and you answer prayers. Father, thank you. Beloved, the one prayer of the sinner, of the unsaved, the Lord hears, is a prayer of repentance a prayer that cries out save me deliver me from the kingdom of darkness are you in this hall you're not born again or perhaps you're born again but you know you've sidetracked and sidestepped in your walk with god and today you're returning back to the heart of the father like the prodigal in this room across the nations lift your right hand and say man God, pray with me i want to get it right pray with me Keep your hands up until an usher puts a card in your hand. Where are you? Right hand up before we pray. Right hand up before we pray. Right hand up across the hall. Right hand up. Ensure the hands are up until an usher comes to you. Now I want you to pray with me very quickly. Heavenly Father, 
Oh, when pray, everybody now, let's join our faith together. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I come to you just as I am. I open the door of my heart as I invite you, Jesus, to be my Lord and my Savior. Forgive me all of my sins. In the company of the saints today, I decree and declare that Jesus Christ is both my Lord and my Savior. I am blood washed, blood bought, child of the living God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we rejoice with the heavens and the salvation of these ones in this hall and across the nations. We cover all with the precious blood of the Lamb. Let mercy and grace keep, preserve, protect all. In Jesus' wondrous name we pray. Amen. You have just experienced the preaching and teaching ministry of Good Heart Obi Ekweme, lead pastor of Revival House of Glory International Church, Rogic, and the apostolic leader of the Horn of Revival Ministry, a global outreach ministry mandated to carry the touch of revival across cities and nations. If you would like to ask a question, share your prayer request or testimony, or get more messages or books from Apostle Goodheart, please call or text 0805-223-4444 or email info at rogic.org. That is info at rhogic dot org. Also download the Horn of Revival Ministry app on Google Play or Apple Store to connect with a variety of quality resources including Rogic Radio and our refreshing daily devotions to take you higher in life. And for real-time ministry, you can follow Apostle Goodheart on Twitter. The handle is at Pastor Goodheart. And on Instagram, the handle is at Apostle Goodheart. Keep hearing the Word of God. It will produce intimacy with your spirit for uncommon encounters on the earth.